So that is um, Codoro. Is that that Which means, what does that translate to? White wine. No, la fleur solitaire. Solo flower. Single flower. Single flower. Cheers. Codoro, so it's, I don't know what it's going to be. It might be a, um, be a Sauvignon, I would have thought. It's much more delicate. Yeah. That, that's my method of saying it's a bit more watery. Delicate, no, it's right. It's, yeah, tender on the palate. That's a Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah, nicer. Do you know the difference between old world wines and new world wines in terms of names? Well, old world wines you can probably get from here, Corks out, whereas new world you probably get from Aldi, can you? Old world wines are named after the region. Right. New world wines are named after the... New world? No, the grape. So Sauvignon Why, is there a new world grape? No, Sauvignon Blanc right. is a grape. So if this Codoron was probably a Sauvignon Blanc, uh, Sancerre would definitely be a Sauvignon Blanc, but it's called a Sancerre. Whereas if you buy it from New Zealand, it's a Sauvignon Blanc, but it's the same wine. The reason for that is that in the early 1970s in Manchester, the Australian Board of Trade had their British uh, office, and there was a, um, they were struggling to sell wine. Australian wine was a joke, multi Python sketches and everything. So the Australian Board of Trade decided to uh, try and have a project to sell um, Australian wine to the British. So the some young lady who was like very junior uh, secretary was given the task of marketing Australian wine because none of the board but the trade members wanted to do it. That's nice, yeah. So she took it on herself and because like, she was like a 23 year old newlywed from Salford who knew nothing about wine, this is the early 70s, one of the things that she kind of like started doing was label, it was doing little supplementary labels with the actual grape type to take with her. So when she was doing tastings, it was like, this is like a Sauvignon, this is a Chardonnay, this is a red whatever. And uh, that's where, and it stuck. And so now the entire new world, whether it's South America, North America, the Himalayas, Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, they all name their wines by grape. Whereas generally Italy, Spain, France, by region or village. Right. Well, I've learned something today. So that, that's today's lesson. I dare say, if you test me on this next week, I won't remember any of it. But I do promise, between now and then, I will have bought another bottle of wine. So, so it's a Dupreux Gabby or this one. This is a very, very classic Codoron. Well, it's a, this I is think a, I prefer this one. It's a little, probably a little bit too cold. Too cold? Yeah. A little bit, maybe. Well, actually, on reflection, because I had two of the others. What was the other one called? Gabby. Gabby the Gabby. Add more of a, a bar, an edge to it, more of a bite to it. Yeah, a bit harsher. I can feel it in the back of my throat more yeah. than this one. Less refined. Yeah, this one seems to be much smoother, more delicate. Yeah, delicate, as I say, waterish, which is probably the wrong term. No, 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 it's, no, it's yeah. Well, that is a general, that is a general distinction between good quality French wine and good quality Italian. Italian wine tends to have a bit of a rasp to it, which is a good thing. I, I like that. So, what is that? What nationality is that the right word? What nationality is French. This is French. Yeah, it's all right. The only thing is. Now that I'm getting... I'm sounding very educated, aren't I? You're very pompous as well. Yeah. Well, now that I'm getting the taste for this, I can see me dropping a lifetime of drinking pale and bitter for, for wine. There is, this, there is this real misconception as well amongst predominantly middle-aged blokes. Oh, I'm dreading middle-aged. I'm middle-aged, I know, I'm looking forward to it, actually. I'm dreading it. That red wine is for blokes and sophisticated women and white wine is for girls. Whereas good sophisticated... So who drinks blue nun? Uh, if you stick it in a soda stream, you get you sell it, you get beer. Please 
Well, you if you, uh, if you sold the it, it takes like most champagne you get in the UK. Just off the topic of wine for the moment, because I'll forget otherwise, and with you being a cyclist, although part-time cyclist yeah. at the moment. Ex-cyclist. I, Ex-cyclist. I, I, yeah, I, I am like, a bit like a wiggle. Yeah. Did you notice that our blue-nosed chum you got a five grand fine yesterday. That's interesting, yeah. I don't. I, I didn't know about that. I didn't know about this. It was last June, apparently, he knocked off a cyclist. Yeah. I think he broke his arm. Yeah. And he got 5k fine. Yeah. What's your opinion on that? Because I've had a... I, I would have thought if it was a £5,000 fine as a motorist, then an ordinary person would be looking at a custodial sentence. Because if I knocked over a cyclist, it was my fault, a, a genuine accident, then I would have thought I'd get probably I'd get a few points or if it was serious if it was a serious accident where I was driving without due care and attention or driving and it's been done for driving with undue care and attention yeah and he's admitted it despite him prolonging it for six months five thousand pounds sounds a lot well it does but it depends doesn't it because my opinion of this is and, and my theory does fall down I admit and my theory is five grand multi-millionaire is nothing but yeah, but, and you would write that off as a tax loss anyway. No, but the judicial system, fairly or unfairly, doesn't and doesn't and shouldn't take into account people's personal fortunes when when when, it, when, when distributing. Well, that's why I made I made the point today that, and I agree that my theory does fall down on a number of reasons. But wouldn't it be better initially, anyway? My first thought hanging is to hang him. Yeah, yeah. So you never get the rich on his hair. Is you should find somebody as a say one percent of their wealth because that way oh you're getting into shari- you're getting into sharia ground yeah right? but because that way if you are a multi multi-millionaire as in this case i mean 5k makes no difference to him he won't even notice that he can drop 5k just like that and he won't even notice it but if you knock somebody over or if i knock somebody over off a bike and we got find 5k it's a bit more we would notice it well, five, but, no, 5k it's, it's a lot for it. It's a lot for that kind of incident. But do you not agree with the principle that fines should be? The reason I say that is because there's a guy who always parks over here at outside Tom. Irrespective of what you do, if you break the law, the tariff, the punitive tariff, should should be level for everyone. Yeah, a percentage value of your. And I have since thought about it. It shouldn't be a percentage know. value of your income because all these ultra wealthy people don't have an income. It's all they hide the income and it's all abroad. Yeah. So they would say, "I'm going to." I think it should be a percentage value of their no, of their it won't main work. house. It won't work. Oh, it won't work. But it's a nice. No, because because it. it, it it disproportionately affects the poor lad. You might think it doesn't. Even 10%, you know, it, honestly, because the more you've got, the higher the percentage needs to be. So you have to have, you have to have a ladded scale or a sliding scale. For mathematical convenience sake, imagine it's 1%. Yeah. So if you earn 50 grand a year and you got a fine of 1%, how much are you paying? 500 quid. So if I'd you, go for that. Yeah. Actually, there you so, say that. So you go, if yeah. you earn a few million a year, that 1% is yeah. a fair bit more and will make you no, think no it won't because you won't notice it as much you'll notice it less someone earning 50 grand a year would notice 500 quid more than someone earning 50 million a year would notice 500,000 yeah. well, I still think it would be a fairer so it system work. however well no, it I, I think it's, it's an unfairer system I, it's unfairer but then so like but I think it would be better yeah. where my sorry th- disguising no, no. there you go Maxwell has now been outed <laughs> we all know no but where my 
my theory does fall down is the opposite scale. Because what would happen is, you're going to get all the people who have got no money thinking, I'm going to commit every crime possible because 1% of what I've got is nothing, so I can get away with it. So that's that not going to work, is it? It will only affect the rich. The 500 quid from £50,000 a year, people would notice. 500 quid at 50 grand a year? People would notice that, generally, I would have thought. Yeah, but it's a deterrent. The idea is you're not going to commit well, the crime. Well, but 500, so... But don't do the crime if you can't pay the fine. Half a million quid and 50 million a year, look, you wouldn't notice it. Well, so you see what I mean? Yeah, I do, but I, I also thought that perhaps... Just like all of your other policies. Sod off. No, I thought that it isn't going to work you on your you income. Much. It, isn't, you're, it shouldn't be a percentage of your income, it sorry, should be a percentage. Sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry, you This won't get broadcast, will it, eh? You slander me. You slander me. gets rumbled. There you go. You slander me. Stunners gets rumbled. So it shouldn't, I therefore have concluded, it shouldn't be a percentage of your income because the very rich would hide what they get paid anyway. So it should be a percentage of seven, your, seven grand a year. Of your <laughs> house. Whatever your house is worth, they don't. They don't own the houses. The ha house, the Sorry, house. their rateable value of the house. They don't own it. It's owned by trust funds or whatever. They, yeah. No, the house they are living in, whether they own it or not, they do own it. Really. Potentially, though, always you could be penalising someone else. If you you're penalising a pension fund. If you don't, probably. if you pretend you don't live in that eight million pounds house, but you really the, do own it. See, this whole conversation we're having proves the point. You'll never get. The only way, right, to say that, if you, no, if you're one of us, you get done, but get peer review. If you're one of us, uh, it's a slap on the wrist. If you're one of them, we hang you. That's, that is justice. It works for So it can work for us, mate. Well, a friend of mine, he always says that. All your friends are very wealthy. You know where that is, don't you? Because you're a tool. <laughs> he always says, despite his wealth, that a fine for parking is irrelevant. It's a parking ticket. It's, it's irrelevant. It's parking cost. So, what he suggests is, don't have the fine, you will immediately get banned. Not points. Scratch his car. You get banned. Oh, Scratch his car. <laughs> so give me Your some... Honor. So give, no, I'm not going to go down the room. New Year's resolution, where we are. Yeah. So, so, I've got a new, new resolution. Play more Xbox. What was that all about? Xbox and what was that other game? Battlefield. Oh, mate, you love it. In the trenches in World War One, it's horrific. A friend of mine said to me last summer that the only freebie he got was he was once given an Xbox, and I made the point that that's an Xbox too many. Now he's an Xbox. No, people talk about how gruesome they are. This, some of the, this battlefield, it's a World War One combat. An 18, it's balanced and it's violent. Right? So I, I let my my kids play a, field, a game called Star Wars Battlefield, which is a 16 because it's got guns on it. Looks like robots, and it's, it's very violent because you're shooting somewhere. But common sense media, all hail common sense media, the greatest website ever, says it's suitable for 10, 12 year olds. There's no sex, there's no swearing. It's violent, but you're not really shooting real people. The kids love it, great. Battlefield, you're like you're proper melee violence, so you're, you're, killing, you're killing German flame troopers, you're like, but some bits of it are not that violent. So today, I let Ben and Noah conclude that I'm, I'm driving a, a World War One tank through a battlefield, shoot and launching cannons. They were both horrified. Really? Yeah. Because of its violence? No, because of what it was like, in terms of like the actual, I mean, because 
realism. Yeah, Xbox One games. It's like watching a. Yeah, like watching a film. You like, you know, and it's like see that utter devastation on the scale. You know, no film can ever capture this. I have no idea how much an Xbox is. If you told me it's a grand, or you told me it's fifty grand, or two hundred, I have no idea. Two hundred quid alone. Like, look, my kids, we spent they spent so much time in France. So like, we play a tank battle between Count and Amiens. Now they both they beat at Amiens. They know Amiens by the village, and they know that it was like. So they're Ben is six years old. He's watching it, and he's like, "Dad, this is horrible. Is this is this what it was really like in the war?" I'm like, yeah. It's a, you know what? It was really it was worse than this. And he's like, "So you know, you think this should be shown?" But I remember years ago reading something about that. That um, the, the, someone was saying the key to world peace in the future would be showing every ten-year-old the first couple of minutes of Saving Private Ryan. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Do you remember that article? Yeah. So yeah. If, if primary school showed every ten-year-old the first forty minutes of Saving Private Ryan, they'd never be in the war again. Well, no, I do, I do agree that you should show the horrors of war. You should expose children to it. Yeah, I think so. In old days, it was all very glamorised, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. It was yeah. really glamorous. Yeah. But like now, it's you like you watch like even like Band of Brothers. I've just all that DVD to show Noah because I think he's probably at the age where, and it does really show how terrible. Well, when I was teaching, I used to teach a general studies lesson yeah. to sixth form about war, and I used to talk about Saving Private Ryan, and I would show videos of other war films yeah, and then yeah. it would show Saving Private Ryan that first that first four or five minutes and I would say describe to me the difference and what makes whatever you choose to be the most poignant why you think it's the most poignant and inevitably they are always going to choose Saving Private Ryan because of it but one of the things that they never got until I told them and pointed it out that makes it more realistic than other war films was one element was missing and it's ironically same principle between a British soap opera and an American soap opera there's a fundamental element that Britain has sorry doesn't have that makes it more real than an American soap opera and it's a, such a simple element and as soon as I say it you'll go bloody hell the weather no the music well, there's no music in Saving Private Ryan. No. There's no music. There's no background music in Private Ryan. There's no background music in EastEnders. There's no background music in Coronation. Well, you watch Dallas or you watch any kind of American. It's just your emotions are being played with by music. Private Ryan was one of the first movies. Spielberg was one of the first directors who realised I don't want music. I want it to be as real as possible. Because the, when it really happened, there, was, there wasn't a band playing in the background. That role, that style, I don't know what you're you're not into Star Wars, are you? You're the wrong generation. No, no, well, I am actually. I do like Star Wars. Roll, 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 yeah. I'm not a massive fan, but that said, when it first came that's out. A pro, that's a, for a 12 year old, that is such a violent film. When, when Star Wars first came out, I was quite into it. And for years I was quite into it, but I sort of lost track. I remember when Star Wars, the first one, actually really came out. I remember watching it. And for something like three months, it got absolutely panned by the critics. It was the worst film in the world, they said. It was sick. So I don't. I, I had no idea. I wouldn't go to see it, but I had never heard of it. And I'm not thinking. This is awesome. Yeah, the critics absolutely hated it, and he said it was the worst oh. film ever. It just was no, no plot. There's no 
Dalek and all that sort of thing, it's just relies on special effects. However, since it's become a classic, and it's only become a classic going back to what we were talking about before, because all Star Wars films play on the same plot, yeah. the same plot as every other plot that works in history, and that is because of religion. Yeah, I don't know. There's a good side and a bad side, and there's belief and believing the force. It's a father, masters the arts, an ordinary boy and saves you. Yeah, it was all it was all played on that. I also remember about four or five years ago there was a really famous Doctor Who episode I don't, I'm not a Doctor Who fan at all Mary Ann she, she's really into Doctor Who and she watched a particular Doctor Who episode on Christmas about four years ago and she was absolutely gobsmacked she said it was the best ever and I'd recorded it and I thought right I'll watch it and that new year I got round to watching it and I watched it and I thought I wonder what it is that it wasn't just her everybody was saying it was by far the best Christmas episode ever done for Doctor Who and I watched it and it was all to do with son being let go shall we say by the father and brought back from the dead and it was just a religious parallel right. and I pointed it out to Mary and she said oh crikey I never even looked at it like that but now you've said it yeah that's it so people always play on religious plots to make a good film yeah oddly enough Wars is not kind of the old Jedi thing that's not a religion is it being a Jedi do you want one more yeah I would love it The, the topic for tonight was New Year's resolution. I haven't got any. Introduce yourself first of all. Right, okay. Hi, I'm Paula. My New Year's resolution is to have more fun. What's fun? There you go. You like to know. No, well, no, no, what's fun? What's fun? I, I, do you know what? I've spent the past few years living all of my life for my children. So, whilst my life is absolutely still devoted to my kids, this year I need to start thinking about me a little bit more and, and having a bit of time for me and having a little bit of fun. Why? I'm still at that extent though that I'm still living my life with my kids. But and I, I get what you're saying. But sorry, I'm. Which is why we are going to Vegas. We are. We booked a holiday last night to Vegas. My wife went from 40 because I don't fly. I'm, you don't so, fly? No, I'm scared of flying, so she went from 40. I'm so that's why you're not taking that job in Paris. You liar. Shut the fuck up. She said, like, you know, Vegas is like, when you, if you're like a British like, woman, go on for your 40. All the young, she's like, she's like, what are we going for if on? My 40th. As single as well. Absolutely single, yeah. ready to mingle. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my second was three hours start to finish. My, my second. Start to finish. I had two paracetamol. What was it? Yeah. Six vodkas. In fact, no, do you know what? It wasn't even that long. It was at, at eight o'clock. I thought, ooh. This was that crazy. And at and at something like eleven minutes past eleven, I'd been in the room. I'd made it into hospital, been in the room for seven minutes. Okay. And was delivered. Then was I was gutted. Three hours gone for coffee. Sit Pharisee to Mel sorted you out. I'm hard. I was in the delivery room for the three days with Amy. Really? Three days. Three days giving birth. I went into the delivery room on the Saturday, didn't I? That's not good, that. Where was that? Where was that? Joanne went in after me with Lily, because Lily was born the day before. Where, where was that? There, I was still there, over the puffing. Where was this? Rochdale Infirmary. I was really, I was 15 days overdue. Yeah. But once people about 10 to 14, first, first kid, 10 to 14 days. In France, you get two weeks, I don't know, you. Yeah. 
gestational gestational coming for my second because it was bank holiday and they didn't have they must have been and I'm so glad they had because they did it on two paracetamol where if you have gone in two paracetamol second time and a bottle of vodka hey I was in shock when it came out I was like Jesus Christ does it hurt really I mean I know women say it does does it hurt does it hurt you forget it yeah you do forget it I just remember making like really weird noises I remember going like Susan, my friend, the midwife told her to stop being so vulgar and stop swearing. <laughs> I, I had a flannel over my face for the whole thing, and I had at both times I had a postpartum hemorrhage. And as the, the consultant came, it was horrendous. The consultant came in and she came in to talk to me and she went, Will you take that flannel off your face? And I was like, <laughs> Why would they want the flannel? What difference does that make? For all I want to get. Do you know what? I think people you just who work get in the NHS, and I say this one of my friends is one of my good friends is um, a district nurse. They've got like a, a stone for a heart. They just get so. I suppose you get, get used to it. Yeah. Yeah. So they quite. My wife nearly died. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he got stuck. There's loads of problems, and uh, there's a detached placenta. So it was kind of like I was all of a sudden was given this little eight pound little boy. Well, and this is in theatre. Well, everyone like Pamela says to try and save because the, the, the placenta can like, kill, kill your character and that. So. And so that for two hours they were like sort of battling and waiting to look at her. And I just had this little purple mess Aww. wrapped in my t shirt going, hello. Mm. You know. And then worrying about your wife. Yeah, yeah. just like shitting myself because I thought my wife was yeah. uh, on her way out. Andy said it was like a murder scene. Ever, ever like, since I've become a dad, I've said, anyone I, 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 I work with. Did you? Yeah. I just remember going, am I alright? <laughs> <laughs> Without being too graphic, I am intrigued. I obviously don't be too graphic about it because you won't want to. Where does it hurt? Does it hurt in the girly area? Yeah. Does it hurt in, yeah. in the stomach? Or where does it hurt? It's just like back. Like just like back. No, it doesn't hurt coming out. It doesn't hurt actually coming out. That doesn't hurt. It's the whole shoving it out. Yeah. That doesn't hurt at all? No, 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 no. So what hurt? I don't get it. Because, because I'm sure it does, but the pain everywhere else is that immense. It feels like somebody... don't know. It's, it's like you don't somebody's it out your body in a vice. And that bit must hurt when they tell you that you've ripped. <laughs> I mean, listen to the last five seconds when I go for work and six o'clock at night. Yeah. 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 Maybe, do you know what's ever asked me that question before? No, where is it? No, but I am intrigued because obviously, I mean, jokes aside and all male sex. No, no, jokes. It's the contraction that hurts and your contraction. It's like somebody putting your body in a vice. It's like a what? It's all the way around. You're being squeezed to push it. Squeeze tighter and tighter. My wife is hard as that That contraction made her cry. First, when Noah was born, she was in tears the first few contractions. She was crying with pain, and that's when I realised it's like I watched it. Yeah. So my wife, my first girl, I mean, she was in absolute tears, and she was just screaming, "I cannot do this. Let her just didn't know it was going to be good, but let her stay where she is. I can't do it." But you know, eventually she did. I can remember. Well, the the, the best thing though was like, my with the second child, we. Um, 
my boss back in the morning with such, such a great reputation for the hospital. Ah, yeah. yeah. Maternity hospital is fantastic. It's, it's the midwife in teaching hospital in the UK. Withenshaw, Withenshaw, it's fantastic. Yeah, and the, the, when, when um, they asked, Trace got a phone call when she was put the second time. Will you come along as a, as a to a, you know when you when you have your first kid go to the, the, all the, the classes? They always like to have a second time mum going along. So we had no. So when Trace was pregnant with Ben, we went, we went along to a class on a, a Wednesday night with the hospital. Load of first time mums, and these are like yogurts from like Charlton, Hale Barnes that thing. All the dads have got the pants tucked into. You know what I mean? It's like, oh, well, that is a, oh, and the, the it's the first kid, and like we're. we're we sat there listening and they're all talking about it. So the midwife, this little Irish woman, she was amazing. She said, uh, Tracy, would you like to stand up and uh, say something to people about, to, to the ladies about childbirth? And all we were talking about drugs. And she just stood up and said, maybe it's because I'm an old raver. But like all of you have said that you don't want to take anything. But the first time you start feeling anything, just, just, be, just be careful what you sign, paper-wise. Because this was at the time of the chain, sign the paper says, under no circumstances am I to have any medication. Don't sign anything because the minute it starts hurting, you'll all be screaming, give me the drugs. Yeah. And that was it. And this, this little, little woman was like, she was laughing at us. All these girls like, I'm going, what's Can't she meaning? What's she meaning? Yeah, like, she said, you've got no idea. You think you can take it, but when it actually starts kicking in and you realise you've got 15, 16, 18 hours of yeah. this, you will want all the drugs you can get. So don't sign anything that says, don't give me any drugs. Because women show were bigger, right, you know. Oh, they never did that anymore. <coughs> they just took it as it comes. No, it's like we had to sign. Did you think of these? I had a date. I had a date. I had a failed epidural. Really? Yeah. Well, because you just couldn't get it in. Yeah, no, they did it. I was like, because it had gone on for that long, and I was like, I want an epidural. Just give me an epidural. So they gave it to me. And then I was like, I want to get on my knees. And she was like, you can't get on my knees, you've had an epidural. I was like, I fucking can't. Watch me! Watch me! Well, like, we'll bring this back in, we'll bet. I said, yeah, anaesthetist is coming nowhere near is me. That, is, that, is that not my naivety? Why don't they want you on your knees? Because it's your legs. You can't feel your legs. It's, it numbs you. Right. In theory, in theory, but you know. So it didn't work. So they've done it, which is quite tricky because they have to put this massive needle in your back. Well, it's a big. We yeah. are. Can I just say, well, my wife, when she had our first girl, never been more proud or impressed that when she was ready for the epidural and she said, I'm going to have one because, you know, it's going to be painful from what I'm told. Because timing was wrong. I can't remember what the reason was, but the timing was wrong so they said they couldn't give her the epidural probably too far because it, yeah it was too it was too late so she had to go through it with just gas and air now i don't know if gas and air is anything like an epidural but i guess no, it's not because no, an epidural you just numbs you gas and air is like these stone yeah right so, so in a shit way though not so she, she was the really doesn't last as soon as you breathe normal air it's like gone again she just got keep we had to so is it more painful gas and air is more painful because yeah yeah it's not a feel it. Yeah. Trace had to have an epidural with, with Noah because he got stuck. And uh, the anaesthetist had a breakdown because it was the anaesthetist's first kid. Night after qualifying. So the anaesthetist had a breakdown. So we got this like, kind of, so, like she's all like in this, and she was, she was, she was such a lovely girl. But so we, we, we met her the day afterwards and she came to apologise, which was like, so lovely. But like this little consultant who's from Iraq, she was a beautiful little woman, she was about that big. 
She just came out, she just grabbed the fucking needle off this girl, pushed her away like really, and like that, boom, like that, straight in Tracy's back. He's like, and Tracy, was the coolest thing I've ever seen. Talk about taking total control of the situation. She's about that big, oh, 50. This little woman, she's like, Did you have an epidural? I did, but it didn't work. If you get, well, if you get it wrong, you can paralyze someone or kill yeah, someone. Yeah, so mine so really, really I remember really that conversation. The idea if we is it numbs you so you shouldn't yeah. be able to walk or but stand just the or. Just for a short amount of time. Yeah. Yeah. Get it wrong, you didn't get that. Yeah, they didn't. You've got a good night, have you now? I know, Everyone else has been grateful. But you don't remember the pain now, do you? No, do you know what? My kids are the best thing in the world. They are my, no, my biggest achievement. Mine are the best. The what life's about. <laughs> I've forgotten all about pain. Mine are trying desperate to get me into football. Oh, I'd look. I know. I'm fighting it, but. Do you not like football? I hate football. No, mine, are, mine, are mine are quite geeky. Team Man United fans. I've got Man United fans, but I've only ever taken them to a city match. But I'm oh, City fans. Oh, right. Look at that face. Wow. I'm mine. I'll find a picture of you now. Which one's which? So that the youngest That's Dave, that's Nigel, that's <laughs> Nia. Esther and Amy. Oh, Esther's the youngest one, isn't she? Oh, so that's Noah. Would well, you not want girls? That's Ben. No. My oh. brother's got two girls. So I find a picture of the two of them. What a noise. To be fair, I always said I didn't want boys because boys, boys are yeah. so messy. So I didn't want boys. But I've now got girls. I've taken it back. Girls I are think messier boys are than girls. Boys are really loving. Girls are very complex, I think. Oh, girls are wired emotionally. By my Xbox, a football socks. I've since discovered that girls are much more messier than boys. Despite. Yeah. Especially when you marry them. <laughs> Right. I've always been going. It's been lovely chatting to you. Matthew and Mark. Lovely to meet you.